0: Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, Park traveled from the tomb of the glorious farmer to the outskirts of Banshori. In this episode, we are going to find out about the next step of his epic journey.
1: The Adventures of Lola Badiola, Chapter 44. Dead Man's Highway It was dark by the time that Park reached the railway tracks that would lead him to Banshori Station. He walked cautiously along the embankment, hiding himself in the vegetation. As soon as he could see the lights of the station, he stopped and climbed a tree to get a better view. It was deserted, or at least it seemed that way. He jumped down and continued on his knees until he was 50 metres from the building. He made himself comfortable and sat down amongst the plants with an unimpeded view of the entrance he didn't know what to expect it was a clear night and the moon was out the same moon under which he kissed the girl with the almond eyes he wondered what she was doing now if she really hated him as much as her reaction to the escape plan suggested she didn't resist him when he kissed her in fact she melted in his arms Surely this was a sign of love rather than hate. Something moved in the distance. A small, shadowy figure approached the entrance to the station. Park sat up to get a better look. It was a young boy running up and down the platform playing with a rubber tyre. It must have been a local boy entertaining himself before bedtime. Park sat back and took the container of food out of his pocket. He carefully opened the lid and extracted a piece of kimchi. He placed it in his mouth and chewed slowly. In the quiet of the empty railway grounds, it sounded like a metal crushing machine had just been switched on. To his right, about fifteen metres away, he saw a blue plume of smoke rise up above the vegetation in which he was hiding. He stopped chewing and raised his head to get a better look. A tiny, round, orange glow appeared for a second and then disappeared. To his left, about twenty meters away, the same thing happened. A blue plume of smoke and an intermittent orange glow. It happened in three other places close to where Park was hiding. And then the unmistakable smell of tobacco diffused into his nostrils. A nauseating feeling overwhelmed Park as he realized that he was completely surrounded by the secret police who, like him, were watching the entrance to the station. Before he could vomit out his kimchi, he felt a tug on his shirt. He looked around to see the young boy amongst the vegetation next to him. Kim Day won? The boy whispered. Park was too confused to respond. Kim Day won, the boy whispered again. Yes? Park responded, his wits returning to him. Follow me. In the distance they could hear the rumble of an approaching train. The little boy disappeared back into the vegetation. Park crawled as quickly and as quietly as he could, staying as close as possible to the boy's feet in front of him. Eventually the vegetation cleared, and they arrived at a quiet road that led to the outskirts of a small village. The noise of the train trailed off into the distance. The boy jumped over a fence and into a farmyard. There was a small detached house next to a big industrial building. The door of the house opened, and Park followed the little boy inside. He blinked in the bright artificial light of the hallway. A man in his sixties with long grey hair and beard was peering at him. "Kim day one? Yes, Park replied. Why are there so many secret police? I don't know. Did you tell anybody about the plan? No? The old man stroked his beard and then ushered Park into his kitchen, a worried look on his face. There was hot soup and rice on the stove. After almost 48 hours on the road with only cold kimchi and dumplings as sustenance, Park could not have imagined a more welcome treat. The old man served the three of them, and the atmosphere in the room became more relaxed. ''Okay, listen carefully,'' said the old man. ''You have to prepare yourself psychologically for what comes next. Some of the defectors we have helped in the past... "'have not coped well with this part of the journey.' Park put down his soup spoon, wiped his mouth, and nodded his head. The old man continued. "'China imports cadavers from North Korea. "'They are religious and respect their dead. "'We are atheists and do not. "'The Chinese use the bodies for research and training purposes "'in medical universities around the country. "'This business relationship is a win-win scenario.' They cover a supply shortage and we generate foreign income. The bodies of anyone who dies in North Korea between the ages of 20 and 40 are sent to my team for processing in the building next door. Every night we transport the cadavers up to the border in refrigerated trucks. Our police know what's inside the vehicles and they let us through their checkpoints, no questions asked. We transfer the cadavers to the Chinese authorities who take them across the border. Park thought that he knew everything about the economic activity of the fatherland from his extensive reading of reports on the internet. But this international trade agreement came as a complete shock. The old man continued. In fifteen minutes, the next truck will leave with the three of us on it. I will be driving, my grandson will be in the passenger seat, and you will be hiding in the back with the merchandise. We will make a stop at the Yalu River and let you out. There will be a foreign agent waiting for you on the other side of the river. He will give you a signal when it is safe to cross the border into China. Understood? Park felt the hot soup rise up from his stomach, travel back through his esophagus and then into his mouth. He swallowed hard to keep it from escaping. Yes. The old man and the young boy stood up and cleared the plates from the table. Then they put on their coats, hats and gloves and led Park out the front door. The refrigerated truck was parked beside the large building. As they walked towards it, the old man said, it's a six hour drive to the drop off point. There is enough oxygen in the cabin to last about seven hours. So don't breathe too deeply. It's going to be cold, but you'll survive. He opened the back doors of the truck. The lights went on to reveal three shelves running along either side of the interior. Lying on the shelves, packed in clear plastic bags, were the bodies of the dead that were ready for export to China. Jump in! Park did what he was requested to do, as if he were on autopilot. Welcome to Dead Man's Highway, said the old grey man as he slammed the door shut. Park was left in a pitch-black, freezing-cold compartment with two dozen cadavers for company.
0: Poor Park, he is stuck in a fridge full of cadavers. And unfortunately, we have to leave him there for the time being, because we need to focus on some advanced English. And we are going to start with a pronunciation exercise. Have a listen to these sentences again. He jumped down
1: and continued on his knees until he was 50 metres from the building. He made himself comfortable and sat down amongst the plants with an unimpeded view of the entrance. He
0: didn't know what to expect. The word comfortable is often mispronounced. Many non-native English speakers pronounce it with four clear syllables. Com-for-ta-bull. However, most native English speakers pronounce it with only three syllables and an emphasis on the first syllable comfortable. Now on this point about the number of syllables there are a number of words that non-native speakers often add too many syllables to. I mean it makes sense considering the way these words are written but native English speakers tend to contract. They tend to speak in the most lazy manner, the easiest manner. So they will drop consonants And they will drop syllables. And that is the case with the following words. We're going to practice another four words which, like comfortable, have fewer syllables than you think they do. Okay? So, let me ask you a few questions. You say the answers out loud to these questions to find out how accurately you are pronouncing these words. Okay? So here is the first question. Carrots, cucumbers and onions. They are all examples of... Well, they are not examples of vegetables with four syllables. They are examples of vegetables with just three syllables. Okay, here's your second question. The delicious sweet brown substance made mainly from cocoa beans and sugar is known as? Well, it's not chocolate with three syllables. It's simply chocolate with two syllables. Okay, here's your third question. If you go to Burger King, you are eating at a what? You are eating not at a restaurant with three syllables, but at a restaurant with just two syllables. Okay, and finally, the percentage you pay for borrowing money from the bank is known as what rate? So, for example, your mortgage or your personal finance loan. What do you call the rate, the percentage that you have to pay to the bank for borrowing this money? Well, it's not the interest rate. Interest with three syllables. No, it's the interest rate. Interest with just two syllables. So there you go. Five words that are commonly mispronounced by non-native speakers who normally include too many syllables. Comfortable. Vegetables. Chocolate. Restaurant. Interest. Each one of them has an emphasis on the first syllable. OK, let's move on from pronunciation to some really interesting items of vocabulary. Have a listen to this sentence
1: again. And then the unmistakable smell of tobacco diffused into his nostrils. A nauseating feeling overwhelmed Park as he realised that he was completely surrounded by the secret police who, like him, were watching the entrance to the station.
0: Overwhelmed. This is a word that you can use in business situations when you are extremely busy. Particularly when someone asks you to do another task on top of all the tasks that you are currently doing. You might say something like, I'm feeling completely overwhelmed this morning. And this is a comment that you or your colleagues might say when you're stressed and overworked. And hopefully somebody is gonna come along and offer you a little bit of assistance. When was the last time you were overwhelmed by all the work that you had to do before a certain deadline? Okay, here's the next interesting item of vocabulary. Before he could vomit out his kimchi, he felt a tug on his shirt. Tug. This is a word that you rarely hear non-native speakers using. It means to pull something, hard or suddenly. In this case, Park feels a tug on his shirt. Now, there's a very well-known game that is played at local festivals and school events around the United Kingdom... And it is called the tug of war. Is that something that you're familiar with? Have you ever played the tug of war? Okay, this is how it works. It requires a very long, thick rope. And one team of about eight to ten people holds one end of the rope. And another team of eight to ten people holds the other end of the rope. And then the two teams face each other and they start pulling on the rope as hard as they can in a test of collective strength. And the goal is to bring the rope a certain distance in one direction against the force of the opposing team's pull. It's tremendous fun and extremely exhausting. Now, have you ever seen the Netflix series Squid Games? It's a series that was created by a South Korean team, but it is extremely popular throughout the world. In fact, it is the most viewed series on Netflix in 2022. Now, if you've seen that show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because one of the games they play is the tug of war. Unfortunately for the contestants of Squid Games, if they lose the game, they lose their life. Okay, let's move on to another small but extremely important word. Listen to this one.
1: Kim Dae-won, the boy whispered. Park was too confused to respond. Kim Dae-won, the boy whispered again. Yes, Park
0: responded, his wits returning to him. Follow me. Okay, your wits are your capacity for inventive thought. It is essentially quick thinking. So somebody who is considered witty is somebody who can make a clever comment during a spontaneous conversation that makes everyone around them smile or laugh. So the essence of wit is speed, intelligence, and spontaneity. Right, let's move on to some more serious matters. Let's discuss economics. Park thought that he knew everything about the economic activity
1: of the fatherland from his extensive reading of reports on the internet. But this
0: international trade agreement came as a complete shock. Let's talk about international trade. Do you believe in free trade? Do you think that markets should be open to international competition? Or do you think that certain domestic industries in your country should be protected from international competition? Or do you think that it's possible to have the best of both worlds? Well, let's look very briefly at some of the pros and cons of free trade. Let's look at just one or two arguments for and against the international movement of goods, services, capital and people. So on the positive side, international trade increases economic growth. It is positive for global GDP, gross domestic product, because countries can specialise in producing the goods and services that they excel in the goods and services that they produce most efficiently relative to other countries. And they can import the things that they find difficult to produce. And all the countries around the world can do the same thing. They can produce the goods and services that they're best suited to produce, export them through the international market, and import through the international market the goods and services that they don't produce so efficiently. And in this way, the world becomes more productive. In fact, it is estimated that the GDP of the European Union would be 9% lower without the single market. And free trade is great for you, the consumer, because it means you have access to better quality products you have more choice and international competition drives down the price of the goods that you buy. So you get more varied products, better quality products and cheaper products because of international competition and free trade. So those are just a couple of the positives. What are the negatives of free trade? Well, probably the most striking and the one that is most frequently cited is the negative impact on the environment. So what often happens is that natural resources in developing countries are exploited. And on top of that, the goods and materials that are produced in one country and then imported by another country have to travel long distances, from source to destination. And this, of course, increases the carbon footprint. There are many more arguments for and against international trade. But if we look at the countries that are most open to international trade versus those that are least open, most self-sufficient then we find a very clear positive correlation between economic success and openness. According to the Heritage Foundation, the countries with the highest level of trade freedom are Singapore, Australia and New Zealand. Countries where imports and exports make up a high percentage of their GDP. They are all relatively wealthy, successful economies. The other side of the coin is the following. The country with the lowest amount of trade freedom. Can you guess? The country that is most isolated from international trade? It is in fact North Korea the country we are currently traveling through in this chapter of our story. You see, for many years, North Korea pursued a policy of self-sufficiency. The technical term is autarky. Now, we've discussed in a previous podcast what a complete economic disaster this was for the country. But nevertheless... North Korea remains very closed and really the only significant trading partner at the moment is China Okay, let's go back to the story and find out more about this surprising international trade agreement between North Korea and China Have a listen to this again China? imports cadavers from north
1: korea they are religious and respect their dead we are atheist and do not the chinese use the bodies for research and training purposes in medical
0: universities around the country so according to the story china imports cadavers from north korea for medical research reasons this is as far as i know completely fictional I had to create a way to smuggle Park out of North Korea and at the same time include some business and economic vocabulary that I could talk about in this class. So I came up with the idea of a dead man's highway. It is a figment of my imagination. Okay, let's end today's session with a couple of interesting common expressions.
1: This business relationship is a win-win scenario. They cover a supply
0: shortage and we generate foreign income. A win-win scenario. I'm sure you've heard that one before. It's simply an action that is good for both parties. For example, when you buy a second-hand car from your brother-in-law. It should be a win-win scenario. He sells the car and receives some cash you buy the car and enjoy its utility. In business and in international trade, or in any kind of bilateral relationship, we're always looking for a win-win scenario. Although it doesn't always happen, particularly when you're buying a second-hand car. And that brings us to the end of today's session If you'd like to improve your English in a more formal environment, please join Marina and me on our online business English platform. Just search Club Grattan and you will find us. We hope that you can join us for the next episode of The Adventures of Lola Badiola. Until then, keep bringing English into your life. And remember, this podcast is a win-win scenario. You improve your English skills, and we market our business.